Hello, listeners. We have another D&D podcast for you all. I'm here with uh, my edgelord of a cousin. I'm just kidding. Fuck off. Undead Mr. Popo. If you understand that name, let's be friends. Um, if you understand that name, also, yeah. also here with our good friend Nuggy. Say hi, Nuggy. Couldn't hear you. Say hi, Nuggy. There we go. Um, this is uh, part two of our... Hold on, let me move this freaking thing so I can hear both of us fairly well. Alright, so this is part two of our D&D episode. And it's going to be a good one. Apparently, Nuggy has a lovely story to tell us. I have not oh, heard... Lovely. Well, sarcasm though it may be, I have not <laughs> heard the story itself. I have heard a bit of the story. And apparently it's the good bit. However, he will not say the good bit out loud. He will imply it, but will not say it. So go ahead, go off with your story. Give. Uh, I would say after... A couple of minutes of the story. Give us a break so uh, me and Dingus can react. Oh, about two weeks ago, uh, after the last podcast, I DM'd a new session, and uh, one of the players had gotten married to an NPC um, whose brother was played by another player, and he joined late after the wedding. And he was like, oh, you got married. I must take you out on a bachelor night, a stag night. And uh, after some convincing, it was all arranged. Um, they decided to go shopping for some, pri- uh, some supplies in a woven mining city. And um, on their way into a shop, um, one of the other players who was a tabaxi cleric, uh, was climbing up the wall of the building and fell and landed face first on the, um, well, bachelor's stepbrother. Uh, vagina first, because for some reason she elected not to wear underwear that day and crushed him. And this led to a bet being made by both a barkeep and the stepbrother that they will have fun multiple times in all the different taverns that they visit that day. Um, About Halfway through the taverns, the one who uh, got married, he was left on his own because the other people who went with, uh, the said brother and the tabaxi, were off having their fun. And everyone else just went on home. So he ended up going exploring through the town 
and managed to find a secret underground fight club area. Um, won a few battles, and after winning the final battle, he saw that the female who he was fighting against had um, returned to a group and now had a blade held against her ear. And uh, after going over and having some talk and explaining, he decided to play some cards with a deck of many things and ended up pulling out the moon card, I think it was, that gave him three wishes. He wished away the people about to hurt the person he fought and ended up, through this wish, as the leader of an underground criminal organization with over 200 locations. What the fuck? <laughs> All I could think of was when you said the oh, tabaxi landed on his face. That was the part where my brain just went Glory, glory, what a hell of a way to die. How chunky, uh, how yeah. chunky is this character? How what? How chunky is the tabaxi? Um, not very. She's about 125 pounds. I'm only about 5 foot 6. How do 25 pounds get it? can be a little thick on that on that frame. I did not catch that. You were very quiet then, sorry. I said 125 pounds can be very fluffy on that style frame, depending on where the fat's at. Um, um yeah, it was just a face full of fluff for the fat. <laughs> he talked about I think it was 16 damage glory glory what a hell of a way to die that's what you call pussy to die for she didn't even realize she had landed on him until he poked her in the ribs and said we mind getting up it's hard to breathe wow she didn't even realize what was so the character nope. she landed on Did uh, did he have any like facial protrusions, large nose, a beak? Uh, no, he's a rogue fighter multi-class and uh, had his like uh, cow pulled up, so she was basically sat on silk. Hmm. Well. Like I said, that sounds, uh, that sounded nice. Um, that is, that is um, a, a good uh, way to die, yes. Yeah, but, um, no, the, the one who got married ended up taking over a very large criminal organization. He now has roughly 200,000 followers and uh, his own mini army 
because they were basically originally, um, they would go to a poor person and say, I'll give you 50,000 gold for your child. We will look after them, raise them well, blah, blah, blah. But instead, raise them to be fighters. So he's taken over and has now changed it to actually do what they said they were originally going to do, help people. And through doing all of this, he adopted the person he originally fought. And spent about 100,000 gold on her today. Buying her clothes and new weapons and stuff. Well, that's lovely. He, he used his uh, second wish spell to um, have unlimited gold in a pouch that only he can open. Smart. Very smart. So he basically adopted this girl bought a lot of stuff for her and gave her her own room in his house which he bought the night before for 10 million gold decent very decent sounds like a nice house oh it's a very nice house it's a very nice house Um, it's a Japanese Oni style and um, through one of the gods using magic manipulation, all of the bedrooms are basically pocket dimensions. So, like, the master bedroom is an elven forest. The child's bedroom is an arctic tundra with warm snow and the northern lights. The stepbrother's bedroom is a cherry blossom grove. Hmm. Well, I mean, that's decent. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Couple questions. Okay. First, do I sound like an ASMR podcaster now? A little bit. A little bit. <laughs> yeah. I'm like right up in the mic's ass because I know I talk low. So, take your head out of your ass, but it's comfortable and smelly. I bathe, sir. Ooh, that got <laughs> that got really loud. I'm sorry. I bathe, sir. <laughs> I'm poisoned. And I don't poison want damage. <laughs> Stick your head up your own ass oh, and get poison oh, damage. Oh, Who is attacking you, sir? Okay, so yeah, he's playing. He is playing uh, the Pokemon Legends Arceus, and something is attacking him with poison, and it's hilarious. Both of you to assume you're just going to catch it. Did you... Yeah, I caught it. I, I just said both of you to assume. What are you doing? Give me the damn water chip. Oh, I can just pick it up. Oh, I don't have enough space. Okay. Yeah, that's why you couldn't pick up the uh, Seed Master. No, I got it. No, I meant originally. Yeah. 
All right, so yeah, he's playing that, and it seems like a fun game. And he does this all the time, where he'll come over to record an episode and immediately start playing the game. Because I can actually I, stay on topic that way. I don't need you on topic. I need you to be funny. You don't need me to be funny. You've got all the funny. I mean, you're funny looking. You smell funny. Dude, it's not nice to talk about yourself like that. Shut up. I knew you'd spit your head out, girl. <laughs> all right. So, second question. After uh-huh. after all of this happened, after the, the the falling on this guy's face, which sixteen damage, worth it. Yeah, worth it. Um, and after all of that, what was the line? What was the conversation between the two after that happened? Uh, she had a little bit of a meltdown about it, and two other women came over, her old adventuring group. Uh, one was an artificer with Thunderdauntler, and the other was a old woman who could shoot five arrows at once. And after... A bit of a confrontation, the stepbrother that she fell on basically was like, I'll look after her, I'll do this, I'll do that, I'll date her, marry her, whatever. Just don't kill anyone. As the one who had gotten married had his sword out about to attack him. She's like, no, stop, behave yourself. Because uh, he was basically part of the same order as the three women. So after some conversation, she eventually went with him. Um, They both got, well, everyone got drunk. They went to Seven Tavern. And um, a bet was made between the one who got married and the barkeep. They won't have fun in all Seven Taverns. She was just like, yes, we will. And so they did. Okay, so almost killed by, and it was her. But here was her fault. So what? I'm confused at this because it was her fault. Uh huh. And yet she got mad. No, she didn't get mad. She had um, a bit of a breakdown. Because the person who played her decided to play it like um, uh, older Japanese, uh, old time Japanese maiden. I've been seen naked before, getting married. No man's gonna want me. I'll be seen as a harlot, a whore, a slut, etc. So she started crying and had a breakdown. And then her two friends ran over, ready to fight, thinking someone else hurt her. So it was the two friends being special. Yeah. Well, at least, um, 
you know, nothing bad happened after that, hopefully. Um, no, they had fun and then decided to date within, like, eight hours of knowing one another. Excuse me. Well, I mean, that's not completely unheard of. I mean, in real life, it was, like, a week had passed. And like, we do our main sessions in a voice chat, but then if there's more than people want to do, it continues in text. So, they continued in text, and over the week decided, let's stick, even though in character it was eight hours. <laughs> ah. Well, that sounds about right. Yeah. I've known all and the, the um, two were dating in real life as well, so I was just like, yeah, we date in character too. I know people who do that. Yeah. I know people who have done that and then ended up dating in real life. Also, yeah. Um, I think throughout all of the campaigns I've run about six of my players have ended up dating the character that they started to date. I know a few of them are still together as well. Well, I mean, it could be worse. It could be a lot worse. Careful with how loud you are. Um, oh, as loud as I You are special. It's picking up all those button presses. This is another reason I didn't want punk. I have to have something to keep in mind steady, alright? Yeah, that's fine. I mean, you just could have sucked on something instead. That doesn't keep my mind steady. Go ahead, Sweet Home Alabama. I was waiting for It's not a gay joke. That was a gay joke. That was a gay joke. It was also an Alabama joke, but <laughs> I'm an Alabama. Ne- yeah, let's not sing that. <laughs> I, I, I am of the I'm of the wrong complexion for that, sir. It's sang by a white guy. <laughs> I know that doesn't make it any better. Sorry. Was that a hippotamus? It was a hippodon, yes. Yeah, I, it looked ready to blow up. Either way. So, continue with your story. Um, after the married man took over the criminal organization and some of the, um, adopted some of the people there. Uh, one of the other players turned up late for a session, the following session. So he was kidnapped by the criminal organization. 
World Cup, tied to a chair, in boxes, nothing but his boxes, and had about 400 pieces of cake thrown at his face. Was sang happy birthday and was then kicked out. Wow. That's something new. Yeah. It wasn't even his birthday. I mean, well, happy birthday. Smack! Ow. Yeah. Uh, one of them did actually put a pebble in the piece of cake that they threw and threw it at his nuts. So, that was fun. See, okay. the one thing I like to do about my stories is I enjoy what's called impossible things. Like somehow fitting, um, it was in the the it, it was in the um, one of the games I ran. Um, they were in a fight, and a guy had cupcakes on him. One of my char- one of my piece uh, players had uh, pa- player characters had cupcakes on him. Yeah. Um. They just you know they were. Basically moving from, they were in uh, a, a ship, moving from room to room, trying to find uh, this particular thing that they were hired to find. I think it was a type of ore that was extremely valuable. Um, and it was taken by pirates, essentially. Um so they're moving room to room looking for it. They'd been in a couple of fights. One of my uh, player characters who has canonically has a sweet tooth um, because <laughs> the player is diabetic and can't eat a whole lot of sweets. That was his reasoning. I'm like, I've had plenty of sugar-free things that tasted amazing, but go on. And um, they came... Into basically, it was the cafeteria, but they came into the kitchen area. What nobody in the kitchen area, but there was a whole bunch of people out out in the cafeteria part eating. So what he decided to do was put plasma grenades inside the cupcakes. I had him roll three d twenty with disadvantage to see if he would be able to fit the plasma grenades in the cupcakes without destroying the cupcakes. He rolled a nat 20 for all three. Proceeded to put the cupcake tray on the counter to be gotten by anybody pretty much. And it was hilarious because they didn't even stay to watch the fireworks. They did that, and like, it's not in here. It's a cafeteria. We're going to go out the side door and go to the next room. Perfect. Fine. I was hoping to do something. You know, when he said that, I was like, okay, you succeeded at it. I want to play this out. But they were like, nah, don't want to deal with it. Fine. I made them play it out, though. Get to that in a second. Uh, so they went throughout the entire ship, pretty much. Finally found it in the captain's quarters, which, had they paid attention, um, 
towards the beginning of the mission. Or, I don't know if they, they just didn't realize it or whatever, but, you know, the information that they had gotten from uh, the quest giver was the captain's very greedy and very paranoid. So, and that's all he said, but that's kind of just giving a hint. It's like, this guy is obviously along the lines of, I'm going to keep it on me, and because I don't trust nobody. So, yeah, so they went up the entire ship and then back down the other side. Because the entrance, the main, you know, the dock bay entrance led on to uh, a door, uh, two doors. One on the left side of the ship that went up a a hallway that went from the back of the ship all the way up to the nose. And then the other door, same, same thing. Well, the captain's quarters was at the very back of the ship. On that left side. They went up the right. And then down the left. They could have easily found it and left. And been and no one would have been the wiser. And they got into about eight fights. Which is good. They got you know they, exper- they got experience. Uh, for the fights and stuff. Um, and I'm like. So y'all have it. So what I'm going to have to have y'all do. Is roll initiative. And they're just like, what the hell? And I had them roll. As soon as they rolled, I'm like, all right, all right. And I rolled mine. So what they did is they walked out. Because they rolled higher than me. So they walked out to see the captain and the cupcake holders that decided they wanted to give their captain a cupcake for being so nice. Standing over there, about three doors down from his thing, where the, um, where the, uh, cafeteria exits, they couldn't see him. There was, you know, it's not like a straight on hallway, but they didn't see him, but they saw the captain of them, and they, he was looking, and the guy was like, oh shit, those are my cupcakes. And I had the captain take a bite out of it, feel the metal, look at it, look at the guys, pull out his gun and shoot one of the guys, the one that handed him the cupcake, and then proceed to turn around to run to his room where he saw the party and like, you son of a bitches, y'all have my thing. And then proceed to get into a fight with him. But they saw him coming, so they were ready. So, um, one of them laid down some, basically, bear traps. One of them, um, prepared some, uh, bolts for, because he he had a, a repeating crossbow. Um, you ever seen the movie Van Helsing? Now I get. Yes, I have. Okay. So it's that. The the crossbow he gets when he goes to Transylvania. That's essentially what it was. He put, but uh, the guy, the uh, character poisoned him. And then it's essentially the, the mage of the group. I, I call him a, it's going to be a technomancer. 
uh, proceeded to she proceeded to wind up a bunch of little toys, which were explosives. Uh, think the bomb from uh, the bo- bomb from uh, Mario. Super Mario. Yeah. So she'd wind them like, up. Like um, arcane. Mm, pretty much. The anime on Netflix. Yeah. Uh, and you know they were ready for him pretty much. What they didn't expect was he. What they did not uh, uh, expect was he still had the muffin in his hand. So the first one went and took two shots with the cro- with his crossbow. He rolled very low the first time; it missed him, but low enough to where it just barely missed him. Second one hit him. And then the next person to go was the Tinker, which was the the Technomancer, the one with the little... And her, all she did was he, she set them on the ground and let them walk forward. It takes a turn to get there and then a turn to blow up. Um, and, you know, so she let them down. And then it was the Captain's turn. The Captain did two things. He screamed for help. And then he fired his uh, fired his gun, uh, his slug thrower, and uh, screamed for help. Brought four more people, and two of them were the friends of the guy that he put a bullet in. So if it didn't go like it did, I would have had them, you know, join sides essentially with the party, but it went funny. Um, after the other four took their turn, uh, the four enemies took their turns, uh, it got to my trapper who had a blunderbuss. He proceeded to load the blunderbuss full of what he called his plasma bolt, which is Basically, the charge superheats metal and throws out a shit ton of slag. But it's so hot that it ionizes the air in between the uh, the blunderbuss and the target as well. So it does electric lightning damage. Well, the two others still had three muffins and then the captain had a muffin in his other hand plasma hit plasma grenades go off the four the four minions died because they were holding the most plasma grenades the captain was reduced to two hit points and he lost an arm naturally and the characters were just close enough to take a little bit of damage not a whole lot I think the highest damage was like four points of damage because that also set off the tinkerbots which were in between the captain and the party so they took a little bit of damage yeah Next thing you know, the captain says, fuck it. 
drops his gun, pull, reaches into the, his undamaged pocket aside uh, of his pocket, and hits a button. A siren start flashing. He passes out. He's not dead, but he passes out from the damage. Goes prone. And sirens are blaring. And next thing you know, explosions start happening from the front of the ship coming backwards. I then have them roll. I think each character rolled about six d20s. Uh, just to see if they got out, uh, got to the uh, to their pod, which they took to to into the ship. Yeah. To see if they made it there. It was very close. I think. I think the one that almost didn't make it was my tinker. Her dice did not like her in that last row, and she was uh, one point away from being left behind. If it wasn't for the fact that she actually rolled to be left behind, and um, the uh, the NPC who was driving decided that he was going to back up. And then bust straight forward to make sure they get through the shields. Because uh, they have a, um, I'm trying to think of the, um, it's a it's a shield which prevents air from going, you know, exiting. But other things, it's a permeable shield essentially. It's like some things can go through it, but oxygen can't. Like when the doors are open on the, like, Star Wars shows and stuff in Star Wars. Yes. Um. So it was like that, and so they were, but they were going to make sure they could by punching through it, basically. So the fact that he backed up to do so, I didn't want to kill her. Because she's, you know, in the middle of an asteroid belt. And they only carry on them, I think, an hour's worth of oxygen. Uh, with these special things. Uh, think Star-Lord, that little thing that turns on into the helmet. Yeah. Well, they only have like an I'm hour's worth... Yeah, they only have like an hour's worth of oxygen with that, so. Um, and the explosion, depending on how she rolled, if it had not straight up just killed her, would have thrown her onto asteroids and thrown her out where they couldn't exactly find her easy. So they'd be like on a rush of things. But because he decided to back up, uh, since I didn't want to kill them, kill her, um, she was... She took, I think, ten more points of damage because she went, because uh, like she wanged both shins and headbutted the uh, the uh, the catwalk in the pod, and then proceeded to slide forward and wang her shoulders on a couple of different things because they were backing up very fast. And then when he took the fuck off, she fell over backwards after standing up. And hit the back of her head on the floor again. So she took a total of 10 points of damage there. And proceeded to cry. 
um, uh, cry out, fuck a duck. But I think it was uh, fuck a space duck. Because that's a little thing I put into uh, a little thing that I enjoy playing is space ducks. They are just ducks right. that can fly and breathe in the vacuum of space. Right. But, uh, yeah, uh, she said she kept screaming out, just, just fucking crying out, fuck a space duck, every time she hit. Uh, I think she had a total of, like, 11 hit points afterwards and had to start, you know, do things to heal. Like, they had med packs and stuff like that they could heal with. Um, and then there's a cryopod that she could have been put in to fully heal. And it takes, you know, it takes like three hours to fully heal someone at 1% health. But, um, yeah. So, I was trying to do a sneak mission, and they proceeded to almost kill themselves, as well as completely destroy this giant ship. The reason they snuck on is because it was an Armada-class ship. That they, that this, um... That these fucking space pirates just so happen to have. So it would have completely tore apart. It would have taken a minute because like they were in they they were in an, a mining vessel. So it had yeah. plenty of it had plenty of uh, of armor essentially because they you know they're flying through. They're flying through all this. <laughs> They're flying through all these asteroids, and you know, small little asteroids, which can are can be very damaging. So it would have taken it a minute, but this Armada one would have tore through it, if not. Not instantly, but it would only have taken a couple of minutes. Yeah. If they did not, if the they didn't roll right, because I make them all roll and tally up their scores to see if uh, if they maneuver very well. Everything depends on the roll. Yeah. But I make them all roll for it instead of just the captain. Because they're all trained to drive it. It doesn't necessarily mean, like, I'm going to give... I, I average out the rolls so I know exactly how good they are at evading. Um, the lowest roll, though, was, like, a, a 14. So, like, they would have lasted a little bit had they done so. <laughs> the last, yeah, actual, the like, last actual um, fight they got in, spaceship fight, yeah. it was, like... I think the lowest roll was like 14, so they were dodging pretty well, but the dodging's not that hard because armadas are faster than the mining vessels. Just as armored. I fucked up. Oh. Wow. Just as armored and have a whole lot more firepower. 
including like um, one of my players was about to be overkilled. Like it was something like fifty-five damage, mm -hmm. and um, he only had about thirty something to that. So his pregnant wife just dived in the way and almost had her arm completely severed off. She was left with about two HP, and it just made the uh, character rage. And apparently, the dice wanted to show that he was in a rage. Since he rolled about five nat 20s in a row to hit <laughs> maximum damage each time. That mean, yeah. I love when those uh, times happen. Yeah. Where you're just like, fuck this, fuck this game. And then the dice are like, yeah, let's, 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 yeah. <laughs> yeah. Let's yeah. be nice to him. He looks like he might put us in a, gr in, in, in a, uh, in <coughs> a, a grinder. grinder. Yeah. And it was something like, what was he doing? He was doing about 45 damage each hit. So I like this because we're already past 30 minutes and I don't have to restart the shit. <laughs> so I think we found our new way to record episodes. Yeah, it works pretty well. Editing is going to be the fun part. I, I, that's that, that's going to be the fun part. Figuring yeah, it's out. It's not going to be that bad. I don't know how to edit on OBS, honey. This may be one where you're going to have to take over and show me how to edit on it. Because I've never, I've never dealt with OBS. Because when we were doing stuff in school, in computer class, OBS was one of the um, banned things. Why? Because it was too easy. Because it was too easy. Like, we couldn't use any of the Microsoft stuff either, which was funny. Like, we couldn't use any, uh, any, like, Microsoft Word, no Microsoft fucking Doc, you know. We couldn't use any of that stuff. We had to use the, the crappiest stuff so we knew what we were doing if something went wrong. Okay. So, like, give me some of the most obscure things out there, and I'll figure out how to use it. If you give me something that a child can use, I'll have no idea what the hell I'm doing. Like, no joke. I pissed off my computer teacher along with uh, Impressing. He made us use this uh, editing software that was bullshit. It's too complicated for... Too complicated for what we were doing. Basically, it was something that only, like people use in movies yeah so I opened up the entire DOS script for it and then rewrote it to do exactly what OBS does okay. trying to remember exactly what editing software it was it was document editing we were doing one time and so we would download it was uh, download the digital copy of our textbooks, and we were told edit every word in the textbook. Well, this editing software, you'd end up having to go through and count every third word and click on it and edit it. And it was, you know, it didn't have a click all hmm. until me and a friend of mine who. Uh, 
I have no problem saying is a freaking genius when it comes to computers. He, he taught me pretty much everything there is to know about uh, coding. Everything that I know about coding, at least. And me and him proceeded to uh, break into the, syst the system UI and program a, a search word function. Huh? So, every third word uh, we were supposed to edit into a word that he would know was not the word in it. So they were supposed to be the same word, essentially. Yeah. You're supposed to do bullshit for bullshit. Pretty much. But, I mean, it, I, you can understand, like, if you're trying to edit specific words, so you'd ha it's showing you how you can find it, edit it. It's supposed to be, you know, like, yeah. helping writers especially. Well, what we proceeded to do was we put a, the search fu function in there, essentially, and we replaced every third word with his name. <laughs> and then sent it to him. 15 minutes after after we started. Hi, my Bob. Name is Bob. How are Bob you? Question mark. Pretty much. Because <laughs> <laughs> well, here's the thing. Here's how crappy that um, here's how crappy that uh, that editing software actually was. It counted punctuation as a word. So that punctuation, if it had one word, two word, and that last thing was a punctuation, it counted that punctuation as, as a word, a separate word. So it was, so if you were saying, you good, question mark, it would, you good, Bob? Damn. Which would be funny, because if you were doing, like, the fuck, question mark, you mean the fuck, Bob? That is kind of... It's Bob, we're talking software. to you every time. That is kind of some shitty software. And yes. This was back in, I want to say, 2001, 2002. <sighs> so, you know, the Adobe Flash was just, was, like, just just getting really, really big for, you know, animating things and, you know, flash animation on fucking new grounds and shit. Yeah. And here we are using some this useless junk to edit Word, a, a Word document. Fifteen minutes later, he gets the email from our computer. And goes, looks through it, and it's like, how, and he, he came over and asked, how did, and they were the exact same one. They, you know, I sent mine, he sent his, because we were supposed to each take uh, half the class for the first person, because we didn't have that many computers. Half the class for one person, half the class for the next, second person. So me and him was like, you know, 15, 20 minutes into the class, it's an hour and a half class. We, he, he gets the email about with both of ours, and he's like, he went through it and saw all, you know, he quick, quick, you know, he used actual good software to actually search up the uh, third word and go through it. And it's like, 
how the hell did you do this so fast? And then he took a look at our computer and realized, why do y'all have the freaking control commands open? How did you open the control commands? I don't even know how to open the control commands on this freaking thing, on yeah. this freaking software. And he's like, simple. And I'm like, I have no idea he did it. <laughs> I helped with a couple of keystrokes. That's all I did. Because technically, it was my, it, I was supposed to be on it because it was because I was the first one supposed to be doing it. So I was the one typing. He just told me what to hit, and I helped with a couple of keystrokes. And with the fact that uh, part is the weirdest thing, half of this freaking system. I think that's why it was so stupid. Half of the system was binary, the other half was uh, JavaScript. Oh? Uh -huh. Yeah. It was like the guy who started doing it in fucking binary got bored because he couldn't, didn't realize what he was doing and then start finished the rest in Java. <laughs> I mean, it, for, for, for the fact that it was a Frankenstein's, uh, Frankenstein's dildo, it worked decently well given the fact. That's funny. So, you know, he didn't know a whole lot about binary. Uh, he taught me the JavaScript portion of it. And I'm like, oh, that's neat. Wow, that's rather simple. I'll never understand it. I'm going to stick with binary because uh, underneath all of this JavaScript is still fucking binary. It's fun when you know something your teacher doesn't. To be fair, I, if I I, I could have done the same idiot, thing. Uh, tell me your teacher's a fucking idiot. No, like he knew a lot. Like he, it wasn't a dumbass teacher by all means. It's just that this no, the no, school. No. You mean by no means? Yes. So like <laughs> he was fairly intelligent when it came to most computer stuff. It's just this is the computer, the the software that the school wanted him to use. He had no idea how to use it either. <laughs> but yeah, when you get the flex on your teacher because you know something more than them. Yeah, it's great. Oh yeah, only issue. The only issue I had was the fact that. At the end of the day, I was no smarter with JavaScript. Nah. I don't think they planned on me being that stupid with JavaScript. The rule of fun should always apply. If it's not fun, you can still do it. But if it's going to yeah. be fun, you should at least allow it. Especially if it's just going to be fun for you. Yeah, if it's going to be fun for anybody. Because I'm going to be honest. Um, I've had it a couple times where, you know, like Jughead said last episode. Uh, Jughead's not with us this episode, but, you know, he's in our prayers. Um, nothing's wrong with him. He just uh, has to work, so. <laughs> Still in our prayers. Pretty much. Uh, like he said last episode, he doesn't, you know, the metagaming. Or the rules lawyer type stuff. That that's not fun for anyone. 
other than the metagamer and the rules warrior. And sometimes I don't even know if that's true. But it's no fun for anyone. There's we just should not be allowed. Can we just shoot metagamers? I tend to kill the characters quickly. I've noticed that a lot of DMs kill their characters quickly. On on the same D and D note, though, have y'all seen? Have y'all seen the um the new animated D and D thing? The Roll Twenty. Lore and Legends. Uh, I've seen it advertised. I've not actually seen it though. I haven't either. I've seen it advertised. I especially see a lot of it on TikTok. Lore and Legends. Yeah, with uh, Matt Mercer and all them. Hmm? Uh, oh, hold on. Uh, critical Role? Yeah. They have a Critical Role animated series. Oh, yeah. I've seen one, but I... Uh, so clean you can eat. Don't look it up. I don't have to. <laughs> I liked a couple things on it. About it. I also liked a couple things that make me question my sanity. <laughs> yeah, same. As well as my sexuality. You don't need to do that. Yeah, I was always questioning my sexuality. That's beside the point. Here we go. That's coming through so broken on your mic. Expecting, but it was not that. Oh yeah, I'll show you the one that questions my sexuality. No, I'm good. Look at his face. No. Sent that to you. So I'll let you finish it on that. You know, we're trying to record. Get off TikTok. Why is it at the top of her fridge? Yeah, I know. Um, so, yeah. So, the legend of Vox Machina. So, DD has gotten very big lately. A lot of people. 
honestly, Matt Mercer, I'm, I'm not surprised. Neither am I. That he somehow got a bunch of idiots to to the level of popularity that they are at. Uh, it's not just Vox Machina. I mean, it's not just Matt Mercer. They do a lot of fucking anime voices. Oh, I know. I'm, they're, they're voice actors, but that's like to the to the point that they have so that they got their own because of his stream and his, the YouTube that they put these things on. They have gotten so, it has gotten so big that they now have an animated series. What was what to? Yeah, Grog forever. He's awesome. Hell yeah. But at the end of the day, at the end of the day, uh, the only thing I will say is because D&D has gotten so big and, you know, it, it's just, it's lovely now because it's gotten so big, so lovely. It's, it, 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 it does, it, it, it makes me happy because when I think about it, it's along the lines of more people can now enjoy this. And now there's a lot of people who have very wild imaginations getting into it. I did, like, if you were playing with somebody, if you were playing with the people who were playing back in the 60s and 70s, would half of the stuff that you went through in that campaign or that that recent session of yours, do you really think that would have happened? Yes. I don't think so. <laughs> I do. Because they weren't that imaginative back then. Bullshit. I'm not saying they weren't imaginative. I'm saying it's less likely, because back then a lot of people were along the the lines of that's it's stupid. You know, very few people played D&D back then, or any tabletop game like that. And even hell, back in the 80s and 90s, it wasn't something that was played often or even advertised all that much. You know, there were only select places to get that type of stuff. Walmart didn't start carrying it and carrying D and D items until two thousand and three. And after that, the only thing they carried was one or two of the books. And now, if you look at it, you can find you can find dice everywhere. You can go to a dollar store and find dice. You've always been able to find dice. I'm talking about the actual no. I'm I'm talking about the roll of the entire set of dice, not just the six-sided dice. I you always find six-sided dice because of uh, things that involve them, uh, fucking Yahtzee, crapshoot, stuff like that. I've never had a problem finding them. I'm talking about the D8s, D10s, D20s. Mm-hmm. You no, always find them. They didn't have them at Walmart until like 2004, 2005. I talked about have, Walmart. And let me finish talking. They didn't even have them at a lot of a lot of dollar store places until about the same time. I talked about dollar store. So where places. are you talking about? That is everywhere. Books a million. Books There's a million. There's a books was a million a, everywhere. Now there and is. Yes. They Back were. in two thousand and one, yes, there was not were. a books a million everywhere. Yeah, there was. No, there wasn't. Yes, there was. 
They didn't add a Books a Million in Huntsville, which is a city bigger than Birmingham, by the way. I don't care. There was one in Alabaster. There was one in Calera. There's one in two. Oh, uh, fucking Harpersville. Three. There's one in all. Well, was one in uh, Pelham. I don't know if it's still there or not. And Books a Million wasn't a thing in 1998. Books a Million was a stat, was, became a, I its can't own entity. confirm nor deny that. I mean, there were a couple of Books a Millions. Like, that Books a Million was a thing. But it was not It was not the corporation that it is now until 1999. The ascent of 99 at that. At like that said, time, they I had a total of 15. Regardless. At the time, there wasn't a whole lot of books a million. They didn't add one in Huntsville, which is where I lived at the time, until like 2008, 2009. And once again, Huntsville's bigger than Birmingham. Although I will give this caveat, the only reason it's bigger than Birmingham is because it has uh, the Redstone Arsenal. So you may have to hop off your Space Force. Um, is Books a Million even a thing overseas? I've not heard of it. So think about all the British British. Walmart's people. not a thing over there. Walmart is to a thing. Walmart's well, international. Well, it's not. Um, I only know of one Walmart, and it's not even Walmart. It's Asda, which is what a lot of our shops over here is. Which is owned by Samsung. I'll read it to the chapter, and it just says Asda, part of Walmart. It's their version of Walmart. Yeah. Well, yeah, but I mean, the same hand. Isn't McDonald's, you know... McDonald's are all over the place. McDonald's is the only one that's uh, yes. all over the world. Uh, no, there's a couple others besides McDonald's because there's you know there's and KFC's all over the place as uh, well. KFC. Yeah, um, yeah, especially if you think about it, KFC's big in Japan. There's maybe one or two Taco Bells over here, not that many. I think the other, only other one that is almost as, that almost that big is um, Arby's, not Arby's. Uh, uh, it's another sandwich one, though. The square patties. Think boy. Wendy's. Because I know they have, and I don't uh, think it's that big of one because the only two I know of that are, the only two that I know of are in Japan. There's one in Okinawa. The only reason I know of that is because of those two Japanese dudes that I watch all the time. You know, the there's also Subway and stuff over here as well. Oh, my God. Okay, so feel lucky because... Subways are shutting down all across the U.S. <laughs> because they're poorly run. They're shutting down in the U.S., but they're opening new ones over here. You want to know why? Because uh, I don't think over there, I don't think over there uh, the subways are franchised out. Subways here are franchised, which means they the, the location is owned by an actual person and the name and the the ingredients and everything are owned by Subway. So the franchisees pay 
subway for the use of the licensed name, the licensed everything basically, except for the location. So I have no idea myself. What I'm thinking is is that it's not franchised over there, but since it is over here, they tend to be franchised by people who don't really care. Because if you franchise out um, and own the property versus just leasing the property, then you don't have to pay rent on the property. You just have to pay the taxes, yearly taxes. So you get a discount for the amount of money it takes you to franchise. So instead of taking, I think, the, the last estimate for franchising a McDonald's before it stopped franchising was around $2,800. All, all Subways are franchises. All of them are independently owned franchises. Okay. So that just means the they ones just in, So that just means the ones in the U.S. are, are franchised by crackheads. I could already told you that. Because that is the main reason that, uh, you know, they are doing so, where it's, that is the main reason why they are shutting down around here, is because they, they keep getting shut down because their employees keep getting arrested for drug charges. Um, what else are there? We have, like, Pizza Hut, Domino's, Papa John's. See, I knew, I knew Papa John's was international because there was a Papa John's that popped up in Australia, which has, uh, what's his name's name attached to it as well, uh, the basketball player. It's really tall. LeBron James. The only thing I have to say, though, there's a big difference between the ones in America and the ones over here. Because you have stuff in, like, KFC, for example, like um, mac and cheese and honey chicken burgers and stuff like that. We don't. We just have the plain boring regular stuff. I mean, I, I, I will say this. A lot of those are, are... So one of the best parts about the KFC is our KFC stuff, because it was started off in the U.S., they tend to keep the best stuff for the U.S. until it... Uh, for the first, I don't know, year or half to see how well they sell, and then yeah. if they sell it, and then they'll sell it in certain places because they do the same thing here. They'll start off selling, like the most recent thing that they started doing is um, it's actually a Mountain Dew flavor that is Mountain Dew and I think sweet tea. Hmm. Yes. Where the fuck? It is, no, it is Mountain Dew and peach tea at KFC. Okay. So, and, but it, from what the guy told me, there's only, I want to say, out of the thousands of millions of locations, or however many locations there is, there's only a handful, I think, a total of like 350 that have that, that flavor of Mountain Dew. And it's usually in big cities, uh, like real, real big cities, that have a lot of uh, traffic, uh, and, you know, and high sales for that uh, at that location. 
to see how well they actually sell. I know the the KFC and the KFC up there in Childersburg where I work. Yeah, it's it's got it, and I've tried it, and it's not disgusting, but it's not exactly like it's hard to explain. It's actually very. It, it tastes okay. It's kind of good. It's Mountain Dew, which is citrus with, mixed with like peach, and it kind of tastes like a peach tea, but I don't know if it's actually peach tea. I just know it's yeah, peach or mango or something like that, some fruit flavor. And then mixed with Mountain Dew. And it's not bad. I just don't really like it all that much. And it took me almost two months to get this guy, one of my regulars, who comes in all the time, to bring me a cup of it. And he brought me a cup, and I tried it, and I drank all of it. And I'm like, that's not bad. It's just, it's not something I would, I would go for. Kind of like uh, that that thing that we had the, uh, um, what was it? Where was it at? It was one of the times where you and me went out to lunch, and you know they had that new thing, and we tried it. Uh -huh. I'm trying to think of where it was at. I want to say it was at. We went to Alabaster. It was the chicken place. Looks like a, it looks like a a, a a block from uh, uh, that thing with the oh looks like uh, a Tetris piece uh 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 birds and burgers yeah remember the the one that the the fries that we tried yeah where they're good but it's not something we would have you know we would have tried tried because it was like it was a special flavor fry I know it's hard to say you call them chips. That's another thing that's interesting to me is the difference in words between places. Um, you know, chips or fries. Uh, to us, chips are crisps, you know. So, that's very interesting. And when you mix that, and that's something I like to mix in my, in my world building for my games as well because if you think about it like a lot of D&D games at least ones that are high fantasy are focused around you know medieval Britain so you know and then there's some that are you know more like with like Japan or other things I guess it just depends on the storyline, which fits it better. I don't know. I got to talking and completely lost track of what I was talking about. No idea. Get back on track. Ah, uh, yeah. Uh, train derailed temporarily. It is being put back on the tracks. We will have a five-minute hiatus. You are adding the different lingo from different... Uh... That's right. So... Um, that's something I like putting in my world is just the different 
different speech patterns and and words and linguistics. Yeah, I, I get what you mean. Like um, one of my prayers is a fallen angel, like not a fallen asthma, but an actual literal fallen angel. His mother is a god. Are we talking? Father's father a dick. Um, so whenever something goes wrong and he's like, oh, God damn it, he instead says, oh, mom damn it. If he forgets to do it, his mother smites him for 10 damage each time. Ow. Okay, so we're talking biblical angel or... Uh, like, no, what, what he, is... he's not one of the things with like a hundred eyes. He's like angel with wings. Okay, so now what I meant by that is because there are angels in other religions. They go by different names. Yeah, well, um, so we have like the angels, the archangels, the seraphims, the okay, cherubs. So, so yeah, biblical angel. Biblical style. And, um, new age it, It's a homebrew homebrew campaign, homebrew rules, all that sort of stuff. So the Asimar aren't people with angel blood or divine blood, they're actual angels. And tieflings aren't people with a bit of demon blood, they are an actual demon. That seems interesting. Um, it does seem interesting. Like, I don't know why. Uh, yeah. Okay, so, I don't know why. But um, one of one of my games where I was running uh, the Pathfinder, the space exploration one, I decided, and I don't know why I decided this, but I decided that the captain, or not captain, the general or whatever, of this pirate armada, essentially, like Pirate King. But yes. they, they didn't call him a king. It was just like the head, the headmost honcho. Who has a couple thousand, you know, other ships underneath him? Because it's like a mafia-style pirate ship, pirate thing. So the Godfather, essentially. I made him Jamaican. Okay. And uh, at the time, I had a a a Rasta friend. Um. Like his his parents were fr were you no, know, um, so his mother was born in Jamaica and his father moved to Jamaica and lived there since he was I want to say like twelve. So you know his father grew up pretty much in Jamaica, so he picked up that vernacular. His mother's born there, so he had she already had it. And even when they moved back to the US, I don't know why they moved from Jamaica to Alabama, but it's whatever. Oh Alabama. Yeah. Well, either way, they moved back and he was a good friend of mine. And he had that type of that type of speech pattern and vernacular and it was it was kinda interesting. Uh but when I told him of this captain, he's like, why, why do you make, why do you make, uh, this head honcho, a black man? And I'm like, um, but he's not black. He's just, he has, he speaks, he speaks 
Jamaican, like he speaks Jamaican, and he has the vernacular and everything. He's like, so you made, you made a black man white. And I was like, that's not what I did either. That's not what I did either. And then he laughs at me because he has, because I have not fully figured out his father's white. His mother is mixed. His mother has is actually not mixed white and black. His mother is a mix of black and Puerto Rican. Interesting fucking mix, though. She was gorgeous even back when, because back when this is, I think she was around her her 40s. And she did not look a day over 22. So those are some genetics there that matched with her. Jamaican and Puerto Rican. Um, his father was white, and so he looks, he, he, he was mixed. You could tell he was mixed. He wasn't exactly dark, but he wasn't pasty white either. Um, he had green eyes, too. Lovely green eyes. Uh, if it wasn't for the fact he was straight. <clears throat> but no, uh, I told him about it, and then I was like, so I don't want to be an asshole and do this horrible Jamaican accent when this guy talks. So can you sit in and play as this captain, as this head honcho? Because I want an authentic Jamaican accent. He looks at me and goes, you want me to sit in and do this stuff? He's like, yeah, I, it'll be fun. You can play it however you want it. It'll be your character if you want. And you can do all these things. I'll give you, a, I'll make a sheet for him. That way you can know what all he can do, all his, uh, you know, all his abilities and who's all under him. And um, I'll say... He came and did a couple of a couple of things, and then he told me, "I I don't want to do this no more. Uh, how do we fix that?" And I I looked at him. And I said, "Well, one way we can do it is we can kill the character, um, and have either someone else take his place, or we can wrap it up, wrap this arc of the." of the story up and just you know there's no more a you know centralized pirates now they're just all brigands or band, separate bands now uh, or you can just retire go to jail like we can do all sorts of stuff with it if you want to end it um, he says he looks at me and says can we just kill him and then I take his sheet and I had to look at him for a second. I'm like, you found someone else to play with, didn't you? He says, I have no idea what you're talking about. He said, you found someone else to play with. I'm both proud and, and upset at you. He's like, what you mean? I say, I'm proud because you, you got into something that I enjoy. And you did not look, the t you both don't look the type. And you had no idea what this was when you first got into it. And only after, I think, two sessions, you've already found and want to play with 
a completely different group. He said, that does sound bad when you put it that way. And I went, nah, it, 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 it doesn't sound bad. It is bad. I will say this, though. I, I will go ahead and kill your character, and you can have the sheet. I mean, it. it he was a generic-built character from a Pathfinder game that I altered. So I altered him in three ways. I made him Jamaican. I made him the funniest bit. I made him extremely short. Uh, he was he was essentially a dwarf, a space dwarf. Um, I think he was four foot four foot four, four foot five. Um, he was clean shaved. He did not like a beard. Uh, he was clean shaved. He had um, two unique feats, which I had to take off because, you know, he was no longer a, a player controlled NPC. He was a full-fledged character, but one of his one of his unique feats was called uh, was called uh, I can't remember what exactly it was called. It basically called in his armada, and I rolled a D one hundred to see how many ships showed up because he owns like not owns but he controlled thousands of ships but that would only call in up to a hundred but you can imagine if I rolled that d100 and a hundred ships show up I can also imagine that if you roll it and gotten that one one ship turns up to take over a planet yeah but um I have a caveat for that because uh, he had this was the same pirate band from the other game. So he had a couple hundred Armada class. And Armada classes are essentially the size of small moons. Um, I only had planned out, like, uh, I would say 3% of, uh, of one for that mission where the other idiot snuck in to steal that ore and, you know, killed the captain and everything. But these Armada-class ships are the size of small moons. Think Death Star, but not round. Yeah. Um, they have the ability to, ga to glass a planet. It may take longer, and it's not exactly glassing the planet. They just have that much firepower that if they unloaded everything over the course of, I think uh, I did the math, and it would take them three turns to fire their largest gun. So how long is a turn in Pathfinder? I think a Pathfinder turn is five seconds. So, 5, 10, 15 seconds. So, essentially... It would take about... I think after I did the math, it would take them an hour and a half to unload every 
single shell that that ship would, could contain onto the planet. Is that too big or is that about right? Um, I'm gonna, I, we're not on Discord at the moment. Give me a second. I'll have to swap over to it. Uh... Uh, close to it. Uh, have you seen that before? That ball in the center is a Death Star. It's I have. Star Destroyer built around it, and I've got normal Star Destroyers in the fleet coming out of it. <laughs> yeah, that would be the Armada class in, in Pathfinder, yeah. It's big enough to store something like a hundred regular Star Destroyers in it. Yeah, that sounds about right. That sounds like uh, the Armadas. Um, he had a couple hundred. So if he if I rolled an at one, that's what would show up if they were trying to take over a planet, which they didn't do often. Nine times out of ten, the Armadas protected the home base, which was a planet... Roughly the size of Jupiter. Um, it was it was a cloud planet, and um, what uh, there's a, a, a what planet on Star in Star Wars was was a, a just a gas giant that they had uh, the the where the city was in the sky. Cloud City. I was thinking of the planet. I don't. I don't know the name of the planet, but I know the one you're on about. Yeah. The one that Lando controls. Yes. So that is yeah. that is basically their home planet. It's like basically it is. Um, it's a star. It's a it's 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 not a star destroyer. It is a a giant man-made. No. It is a giant man-made uh, planet. Sort of. It was built around because most most gas giants have a core, an earth, uh, a hard like core, and it's usually about the same size as our moon, estimated. Some could be bigger, some could be smaller. It just depends on the size of the gas planet itself. Um. Uh. So if you were stripped away the all the atmosphere from Jupiter. You would have a, a planet that is the same size, I think, as... I think they said it was the same size as Mercury. Um, but it's just it looks so big because it has all those layers of atmosphere. Um, so yeah. on to this thing, they built... Uh, they built a th uh, thermal generators and... Uh, all these other things on the actual rock and then pylons going straight up into about halfway into the atmosphere where they built the actual city. Um, according to one of my friends who does like um, he can map um, shit because he builds entire planets for his DMV. Um, according to him the size of the planet for my campaign is 500 times bigger than Jupiter. It's the size of my world. Damn. Decent. 
decent my ass. Um, um, essentially, my, I don't know if it's ever that or not, my world isn't a planet. It's a Dyson sphere around a planet. Okay, so that explains destroyed by war. Alright, so, but it's kind of, so I'm going to actually, that actually works better because my thought, my thought on that is, is because this, this pirate home base is essentially a reverse Dyson sphere. It is inside the planet, not around the planet. Uh, but just, just out of view, pretty much right above, floating right above the city is about, okay, it was, it was a couple hundred Armada class spaceships. And it's hilarious because um, they got to witness the terrifyingness of this uh, uh, of the uh, of these armadas because uh, I decided to have them pull up and watch like they went looking for uh, a specific pirate ship and they attracted it back to this unknown gas giant and it was just sitting inside you know. They, and they caught it going just inside the atmosphere and it disappeared off their radar because they have radar jammers in the atmosphere so you can't track once it goes in there. Yeah. And the atmosphere itself prevents you from doing an in, in-depth scan, really, because uh, it's uh, the atmosphere itself is fairly magnetized. So it's hilarious because I had them pull up. They slowly, they got just close enough to be able to see well enough, but not be caught on the sensors. But then right behind them, I said, um, so y'all stopped, right? And the captain was like, yeah, we, we're, we're stopped and we're going to do some in-depth scans and stuff. So before you're able to do that, um, you see 13 uh, Ishimada class uh, trooper starships. Ishimada class is um, uh, an Ishimada class starship is the same it is slightly smaller is slightly smaller than the USS um, Star Trek. Enterprise? It is slightly smaller smaller than the Enterprise. And the Enterprise is not nowhere near the largest starship they have. It's just, it, it's a decent size one. Uh, Ishimata is slightly smaller than the Enterprise. Fifteen of them showed up and went straight for the planet. Because they were following the um, uh, that same person. Um, these fifteen Ishimadas were owned by the same person, a bounty hunter who does not hunt the bounties himself. He pays people to hunt. Kind of cheap, in my That's opinion. Cheating. Pretty much. But these fifteen. Fifteen ships rolled up, just just out of warp, right behind, just f- f- 
and just kept going towards the planet. They were just gonna, they were gonna dive into the planet and let off EMP bursts, and then try to find it. They didn't even get close to the planet. Like they got to the moon of this planet, and the next thing you know, five fucking armada classes rise up out of the freaking atmosphere, take aim, and decimate all fifteen. In less than five minutes. What a fun time. I, I let them know right off the bat there is no taking the taking out the um the pirates this way. I want them to understand so you can find the pirates home base. It's hard. It's not hard. You just found them. You're not gonna take them out by destroying their home base though, because um that. <laughs> five out of a hundred out of about two a couple hundred I think uh, I want to say the count I did was actually about 263 it was a little over 200 because um, what they do is they the, arm, the um, armada classes are built in deep space because of their size. They are built with no less than eight um, different drives. So there's a drive, a different type of drive depending on who makes it. But each one has at least two drives in it. One which powers only the movement. It takes one entire uh, drive, and usually that type is either a gravity drive or a um, some type of radioactive isotope drive that powers just their movement, just the thrust, the movement, and everything. And then everything else is powered by another drive. And those differ. Um... I think one. I think one of the only um, armadas classes that they were on, that they were allowed on, uh, without having to die uh, <laughs> or fight to get on it. Either way, was owned by a um, a company that travels the, the. You know. You know. They map the stars, and they go out in this armada class. Liner essentially, it's not like it, it. It has weapons. Don't get me wrong, but they don't. They don't have a whole lot of firepower, so to say. So to speak. Um, most of it was converted into farmlands. Essentially, that's how big this thing is. Is it has farmlands and artificial suns, and all they do is they go and map the stars. They return to the center of the universe. Once every every I want to say every ten years, uh, to basically upload all the information they have of the universe. And the best bit about this is I have, uh, I have one of my players was a a huge astronomist nerd. And he made me a star chart 
depicting how this universe, galaxy, whatever you want to call it, no, not, not galaxy, the universe, <coughs> looked. <laughs> and the way he did it is he would put a line and then he'd draw a circle, essentially. Those are two separate universes, by the way. Two separate galaxies. Um, they are three-dimensional to a degree. So he would draw the line and put dots and then have a little bump in the middle denoting, you know, either a supermassive black hole or uh, something of the sort, which is usually, you know, usually happens in, in the middle of galaxies as there will be a supermassive black hole that, you know, it usually stabilizes the galaxies. But, um... And then he drew the circle and then did the same thing. He drew a bunch of dots and all the stuff. He's like, yeah, space is three-dimensional. You're not going to, you know, not everything's on a flat plane. You, if, you, if you go in one direction, you may pass just under a galaxy. And you'd actually have to, like, flying in, in air, open air, you'd have to aim up compared to that straight line you're going to get into that galaxy. And I'm like, why did I not think of this? And then I realized why I didn't think of it because I'm not that big into, into astrology. Like, I love science, I like science, but I'm not that big into it. <laughs> so question, Mason. <laughs> why um is a Pokemon legit trying to kill a small child? Pokemon's dangerous, bro. <laughs> <laughs> like, I... <clears throat> I would expect this type of shit from you two. But I would not expect... What is that, anyway? It's a Lilligant. It's the new evolution for Lilligant. Dodge a wrench, you can dodge a plasma blast. Yeah. Can you just walk up to it and punch it? How? It's like what you tried to do. You tried to walk up to that damn thing and punch it. So, fun times, just right off the bat. Yeah. So I went a little, uh, a little askew there because I'm watching him try to fist fight this freaking golden glowing. I'm having the Dark Souls of Pokemon game. It is the Dark Souls of Pokemon. That's what it looks like. Yes. Did you see they made somebody's making a Pokemon game? In, with guns. With guns. No, I didn't. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, like, can you imagine it? <laughs> Snipe a Pokemon. Hello, that game probably comes after this game. Pokemon start to get aggressive, and then the next game is you running around with a gun killing them because they got aggressive. Well, I mean... 
Pokemon Sniper Elite. <laughs> Pretty much. <laughs> <laughs> that begs the question, though, because there, like, there are Pokemon. So I, so the thing, the question was always, do Poke, uh, do, do you kill Pokemon? Because there's meat in this game. Like you see them. Yes, this game confirms it. Okay. They do kill certain Pokemon for meat. But there's a lot of Pokemon that are sentient. Let's take Meowth. That's a basic Pokemon. It's sentient enough to speak English. That's only that Meowth. Do you want to know something that was uh, confirmed by this? Not this game, but by, by the uh, Poke- by, by the creator. By Game Pokemon. Freaks. By Game Freaks. Do you want to know something that was confirmed? What? Humans are Pokemon. <laughs> Humans are Pokemon. Because remember that there's uh, in the first, I think the first four games, there's you find lore about a Pokemon war. Before that war, humans and Pokemon were intermingled, like married families. Mm-hmm. It's what you call uh, divergent evolution. Um, it's basically why you you have so many different types of different things as well. Like you think uh, a, a lion and oh, a tiger, no. a lion and a tiger are the exact same species. But if they mate and have and have offspring, that offspring isn't viable. It cannot produce offspring of its own. It's sterile. And they tend to have shorter lifespans. I will tell you something that I did not expect them to put in this fucking game. Can you fuck a Pokemon? No. I would have expected that, oddly enough. They actually mention that people marry Pokemon in this game. So is this a prequel to like the original games? Yes. You get so, isekai Your character gets taken back in time. Well, back in time? That's not isekai Well, technically. That's, that, that's, that's Bill and Ted. It doesn't matter. No, you, they, get, they get Bill and Ted. Okay, so. Alright, listeners. This is going to be the end of the stream. I don't think you'll hear that part I said before then, but... Um, this is the end of the stream. We're going to say later. Uh, say say goodbye, Nagy. Well. Close enough. Uh, what about you? Get the fuck out and don't let the door bite you on the way out. I've told you about the mimics. Leave my mimics I alone. I have told you about the mimics. Leave my I pets said, alone. Do not make, I said don't let them become a door. That's all I ask. Anything else, not a door. Not a door. I'm, I'm, yeah, see, if they want a door, that wouldn't have been a problem. Now, last thing I'm going to say on the mimic part. Not a door, not a door, not a door. Or, I'm getting the catapult. Then don't sit on your couch. I'm getting the catapult. Better yet, Ricky, where's the Kraken? I love those skits. Uh, Podcast out. I love y'all.